It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 6, Season 2. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun Post Media will be by. We have a great conversation on the Leafs' great run. Winners of 10 of their last 11 games. Do you believe it? Well, you have to. It is fact. Before we get going, consider this. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter how it crosses the line. If you get a yes guy on a goal, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code THPN. Guy, guy, what is it? THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, let's go to the hockey story. This team is rolling. I mean, they're not blowing the opposition away. They're methodically going about their business, and they are stingy. They're not giving the opposition much, and boy, is it a treat to watch. I mean, it's not last year's Maple Leaf team. In fact, I don't know what Maple Leaf team this would compare to because I don't recall any team, certainly in recent memory, looking like this. You're watching the game and you're going, okay, some opportunities. They're not going in. They have the lead. They're playing with the situation, and that's the key thing, playing within the game situation, making it work, solid goaltending from Jack Campbell. My goodness, is he a fan favorite? And everything seems to work. You're waiting for the time when they blow the opposition away. It doesn't happen. You don't care. They've won 10 of their last 11. Here is the conversation we had with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Okay, Terry, I hate to say it, but the game that used to be the Leafs' kryptonite, the one they couldn't win, 
-hmm. is now the one they win with. I'm, I almost want to say absurd regularity. They've learned their big lesson. Would you agree? Completely, Jim. And I hate to completely agree with you on anything, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, listen, the, uh, they've turned a corner here seemingly. Um, it's, uh, there's a comfort level that comes with it. Is it going to happen every night? Is there going to be a game sometime in the future where they don't hold on to a lead in third period and lose? Of course there will be. But there's a, uh, a comfort now in playing in that style of game uh, tightly. You know, some of these wins we've seen, Jim, they were down one nothing, I think, in some of these games, came back and won in overtime. Yep. Even, even coming from that end of it uh, in the third period, um, erasing a one-goal lead or one-goal deficit and coming back to win. But they, um, they're in a zone right now. There's no, no, way of, no two ways about it. You know, last night against the Rangers, they give up a little more in the third than they would have liked. It wasn't the complete shutdown um, like it was against Nashville two nights earlier. But the fact of the matter is they still come out with the win. And and really, you know, another good night for Jack Campbell, Jim. But, you know, especially against Tuesday against Nashville, he hasn't had to be spectacular, which is another good sign for this club. It's not just they're, they're not getting through these third periods and these, these end games and squeaking it out. They're doing it solidly, and they're giving their goalie, you know, a chance to not be overburdened. And like I said, uh, you know, the more it happens, it keeps fueling the confidence. And, and the Leafs are clearly at a season high right now in that regard. Yeah, you opened a couple of doors there. So let's go with the uh, Jack Campbell not being overtaxed. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so we'll apply that to other parts. Uh, you know, he's not uh, hung out to dry. I mean, there are turnovers. There are two-on-ones. But, yeah. I mean, everybody has those issues. But he's not – I mean, he's, he's he's playing really well. And, and he is – you know, he's full value for everything he's done. Uh, but it, he, they need him. They don't rely on him. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, so – so, Yes, and, and I think you could apply that to every part of the team. That there's nothing on this team that overwhelms you, but there's nothing on the team that underwhelms you. Well, no, and, and just uh, there isn't. Although it was, it was interesting last night, you know, we had the um, the Rangers broadcast guys up behind us in the press box, uh, the TV guys, and you know, one thing that they, toward the end of the second period, they were just remarking on how the Leafs really don't give you anything. Uh -huh. When was what? Can you remember a time we were, we would have said that about the Maple Leafs, Jim? It's been a while. No, I, when when did we I ever say know. that? I don't know. Not 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 that I can remember. So right, the the I, I see what you're saying, but they almost do overwhelm in a way in that you're, you're not getting much from them, and that that's going to be mentally taxing for you if you're an attacking team on offense. They keep coming back and and not having anything to show for what you're trying to do in the offensive zone. Um, and again, Campbell making the saves when he has to, and, and, and when he, you know, and every other time, but he's, their teams aren't getting second, third opportunities here that they're really peppering him. I mean, there were a couple of times last night, I know, in the, I think the first tough save he had to made was on Gauthier or Hito in the first period was a bit of that scrambly stuff, but that's not happening much at all. And, you know, the special teams are, are both, you know, we're both revving so hot right now and. They're making up for a little bit of the lack of production, I suppose, at five on five. But that, that's, I, I don't even know that's even worth mentioning. It's not a concern for Sheldon Keefe. Well, I mean, you win 10 out of 11. I don't know what the concern level is for anything. I just think that uh, it's not so much the winning streak, although that's a headline. There's no question about that. It's yeah. how they're getting it done. 
um, and you look back at things that we would have been preoccupied with in the past that no longer is, exist. And so even even Matthews and Marner, in, in terms of their totals, I mean, this is a Rocket Richard winning center, uh, yeah. and and Marner's an All Star right winger, and and both will probably not repeat, but few would care. Well, when you're getting production from other areas now, we're seeing the third line. There's always been life in that third line, Jim. Uh, yeah. Has been through all this, but now they're starting to score a bit. And last night's a bit of an oddity. You know, I, I'd be hard pressed to know when the last time the Maple Leafs won a hockey game with, with without a goal from a forward. But you know, Morgan Riley, hell of a play on the second goal. Uh, but when you have these types of things coming now, and you'd like to think that you know they get a bit more from the D. It's just four goals from the defense core. Uh, this season, one by Muzzin and three by Riley. So you want to see it from other from other areas. But what's the power play now? Ten goals in ten games or something like that. So when that's doing what it's doing, um, and again, playing with a lot of confidence, it's going to lead to more. You know, if Matthews and Marner aren't filling the net, well, Matthews isn't filling the net. Marner's not setting up like he, like he, they have in the past. It's, you know, you're that's fine. You're, you know, you're going to need it. You're going to need a time for that level to rise again. But like Sheldon Keefe was saying to us yesterday morning, Jim, after the optional morning skate, Matthews getting his chances. A lot of posts and crossbars here. This is going to start falling for him. Yeah. You know, and when it does, maybe you won't have to worry about playing a tight hockey game in the third period. Maybe by then you're already up by a couple. Well, I'm just wondering if you go through this 11 game stretch, if, if you know, the, the ramifications are that, Everybody understands that they don't have to carry the team on their back. They just have to do their job. And the job has been simplified. And that's that's what happens when you play the way the Leafs are. You realize that Morgan Riley carries it on Thursday night. Uh, somebody else can carry it. The goaltending is always there. So there's there's two things that I like about this. I call them sort of the, the, the bass track. If this was a song, this would be, you know, the, the drums in the bass. The goalie and the third line and everything now comes out of that because everybody knows that third line is going to do its job and everybody knows the goalie's going to do his job. So all of a sudden everybody else can say, well, if that's going to happen. Then if I do this, it's going to work out. It simplifies everything, doesn't it? It really does. And the, I, we, I don't think we should forget the, the play of this, the Spetzel line either right now. I mean, Bunting's been a nice little addition there. They get the goal out. They get, you know, they helped produce that first goal by Riley last night. Bunting goes to the net. So when you have that line, when you have that type of energy on that line and not just the line, and you and I have talked about this in the past, at least, but not just the line that's going over the boards and you're you're just keeping your fingers crossed that nothing happens negatively. Right. Right? That's yeah. not the it's the fourth line now. They're 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 in they're in the offensive zone a bit, they're getting their chances, and uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a good that that threesome has been a good combination for them. So when you have that now, you've got the you know your third line is out there. It's keeping the uh, the uh, the defense hemmed in, the defensive zone. That that just it keeps adding to what the top six can do. And uh, you know Tavares has come off it here a bit. Nylander has a bit, I suppose. But again, it's not really uh, that. That's fine because the, what what you want is depth. If the Leafs have any true designs on going far, we know you, you can't just have a top six doing it. You know, a guy, another guy I want to mention too, if we're going to get to is Alex Kerfoot. I mean, the guy's been great. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Bonafide top six player. Yeah. The, the talk, the talk of the off season about trading him to get rid of that salary, the cap hit of three and a half this year and next, it made sense then because we didn't know what was going to happen with the, the, the expansion draft and everything else. But, um, you know, good on the Leafs rolling onto him and not, you know, caving to that outside thought. 
and uh, moving him along because he's been he's been really really good for them and versatile too. Really good on the penalty kill. But I guess the point of it is, Jim, they're getting it from everywhere right now. Yeah. And like I said, the production might not be there with Matthews, but again, they're in the offensive zone, and you know, there's a lot of connectivity we didn't see in the first bit when they were losing games and. You know, the world was going to end after that uh, loss in Carolina, but a month ago now. But um, it's just, you know, this is this is what a well-oiled engine looks like on the ice. And that's what the Leafs are right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you see the uh, the chemistry of the lineup. You see the, the game management, which may have been lacking when they were losing, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at this lineup, uh, Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander, now that's that's solid. The third line of uh, Camp, Kashyap, and Engvall is solid. And as you said earlier, Bunting, Spezza, and Simmons is solid. Uh, quite frankly, the only thing that isn't solid and it hasn't hurt them is the left side of Matthews and Marner. And, and yeah. that's that's sort of an ongoing process. Uh, you know, coach sort of clarified they're going to look at this for a bit. And uh, in the meantime, Mikheyev will come back and, and maybe he gets a look there. Well, I, I think he's going to have to because something has to happen here with Nick Ritchie. I mean, again, better last night, I thought. Some good opportunities for him. But, you know, you, we just can't – you can't keep talking about opportunities with, with a guy like that. You can with someone like Matthews because you know they are going to start going in. You don't know that with Richie. He had a career-high 15 goals last year with Boston. That's not a ton of goals. I know it was in a shorter season and everything. I played him in 50-plus 50, 50 games. But um, so far that hasn't worked. What does he have, two assists in 18 games, I think? Yeah, well, and he's looked good on occasion. It's just, um, right. you know, I, we're, we would be measuring him by his point total, which I don't think is the way to measure the left side of that line. Well, it's still a top line, though. There it is, some, but you're going to get the goals from the other two, no problem. You, well, you, I suppose, but I don't. I would argue that there aren't many top line, not without it in front of me, there aren't many left top line left wingers in the league right now who haven't scored. And I, th- I think Richie's two assists are both on the power play. Last I looked earlier this week, he had been on the ice for one even cer- one five on five goal four. If you're going to be in the top six, th- there's got to be more from you production wise. Period. Yeah, I, I just think that you know what I'm saying is that that's how he's judged. But uh, to me, his judgment is um, not the 20 feet around the net. It's the hundred, uh, the other 180. You're right, but I, I still I I understand that. But that zero is big. Well, it is, yeah. No. It sort of adds to the concern. Yeah, and again, uh, there there is time to work that out. Um, but you would have liked to have seen that that uh, that screw have turned a bit by now. It just hasn't that way. Now, he's not a he's not a he hasn't been a huge liability either. I mean, no. there's a bit, a bit of a bump against Nashville where he did get benched for a few shifts after taking what he had called, I think, a dumb penalty, and we well thought it was. Yeah. Um, but you know that hasn't really been happening with him this season, which which is good too. Uh, but you just you know, Jim, you just see him and you think, okay, he makes he hits Eckholm the other night, leads to a two on one. This guy he's a big human being. Where's that size shift in, shift out? We don't see that, and you know we're not the first to ask that of Nick Ritchie here in Toronto. I'm thinking that's probably happened in Boston and I'm as well. But uh, you know, to me. There's more. There has to be more from your left winger than just keeping pace with with Matthews and Marner. I mean, like if you have a guy there who, you know, I hate to say it, but why why would you not? Because he's of course the barometer. If you have Hyman there, like again, are we talking about? Uh, and I know that Matthews and Marner just got put back together, but are we talking about some of these close leads in game in, in games late in games? 
maybe by then that line has already made the difference that even strength. Yeah. And we just don't have to learn how to play that way in the third, but again, your point is true. They've won 10 and 11. Um, I don't want to nitpick too much here. No, I think there's, there's enough positives, uh, but having said that, um, you know, things always have to evolve and that would be the next part of the evolution would be that that line could start hitting with some consistency. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I guess the other thing that's uh, noticeable is it really doesn't matter who's on the the blue line core. It's, it's solidified nicely too, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And you know what? I like the way that I I asked Keith yesterday, you know, um, Sandine is just at the one game now and he's just really come along nicely. And I know they're bringing up the fact that he's played, already played more hockey than did all last season, but I asked Sheldon yesterday, you know, is he at a point now where he's just not a guy that comes out and he's getting there. So, you know, Dermot's going to like coming in and out and, and uh, they don't want to let Lilligren sit too long here. I'd imagine he'll get in one of these games on the weekend with the back-to-back against Pittsburgh and then go into the Island to play the Islanders. But yeah, it's, uh, it's looking good too. But again, what you've seen, Jim, now is more, and this, I'll do the word that Keith used, connectivity between all five players on the ice. So that usually starts in your own zone, getting the puck out, all this sort of thing, moving well through the neutral zone. The Leafs are really doing that well right now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, had there been hiccups, sure. Um, but, um, you know, Jake Muzzin has been able to iron his game out a bit. He'd probably tell you he's still not completely satisfied with it. Uh, Justin Hall would say the same, but uh, again, they are getting the job done when it's when it's crucial to do that. And and uh, as, as Keith has said, the, the comforting thing in this for the Leafs, Jim, is that they know they have seven players who can be in the blue line in every given night, right? You can move Hall yeah. in, Sandine, or sorry, uh, Lilligren, Dermott, any of those guys can go in, and it's not 5D and a question mark. It's six good ones. Yeah, and they're all seeing enough ice that it's not um... – you know, there's not a long period of time of, of um, inactivity to sort of create some rust. I, I like how it's, you know, unfortunately, Hall had to uh, to sit out for five games, but it turned into a nice little feature for them. Well, it was because you you found out more about Lilligren then. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, uh, you know, good on Lilligren. Uh, came in when this, in camp and said, I got to make something of myself here in my fifth year. And he's done that. He's taken that next step, but that... That was a nice positive for the Leafs. Justin Hall would disagree, of course. Yeah. See guys sitting out, Jim. But uh, you know what? They won those games, and Lilligren had a nice little run. And like I say, he'll get back in here in the next forty-eight hours, I would think. Well, I, I think one of the other great things about that uh, that nice uh, ten of eleven streak is, uh, and you talked about uh, Richie with that penalty early in the second period um, against uh, Nashville, and, and so he got benched for a, for a brief period, but. You know, most of the period actually, but but there's an accountability that you can now apply to the roster because you're winning. That makes more sense to people. It's hard to be accountable when you're losing because a lot of things aren't working. But when you're winning and in game situations, if you could sit somebody down and they realize it right away and make the adjustment, that's a win-win. Well, it's great because what you're doing is you're seeing the rest of the team nipping this in the bud right now. We're going yeah. through well for anything like this to happen again. Don't do it again, whether you're Nick Ritchie or anyone else. And like I said. Nick Ritchie hadn't had a pension for this this year. He hadn't been in the box much. But as soon as you nip that in the bud, Jim, and say, okay, not 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 on our watch right now, not when things are going well, you know, whether a message needs to be sent at that point, it does go. And, you know, Ritchie comes out and nothing, nothing uh, similar happens last night. 
I think it would be a, the ultimate teaching lesson for to, to be benched for an obvious penalty call and realize that the team go functions, well, functions really, really nicely, nicely without you. Oh, for sure, because that's what we saw. I think, you know, Nylander got a shift with those guys, with Matthews and Marner during that benching. Uh, Bunting had one, and, and everything went swimmingly. So it's, like, again, it, it's a reminder to the player as well. And, uh, you know, I think it was funny thing, Jim. I think with that, too, Keith liked the way that Richie was playing in that game. He liked to hit the fight, you know, Richie couldn't do much about because McCarron came after him, but Richie won the fight. Keith liked the things that, that, that uh, Richie was doing. So it might have been more of a mess to say, hey, look, um, it's only, it only is for a couple of shifts. It wasn't like you got benched for the rest of the game or anything. But, you know, saying to him, look, we, we're appreciating what you were doing for us before. Keep that going. But, you know, sit and think about this for a minute. And like I said, last night, third period of the night, last night, nothing similar. Well, let's talk about the goaltending, uh, you know, back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. How do you think this is going to play out? Well, I, I would – you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking Joseph Wall will, you know, you would think he would start uh, Sunday in Long Island against the Islanders. Um, you know, there's, Leafs aren't practicing today, so it's a full day off for the team. So there's rest right there for Jack Campbell. Uh, we'll see if maybe Keith decides to give Campbell another day of rest uh, going in going into Sunday and, and Wall, Wall plays against Pittsburgh. But, you know, there might have been some thought here that uh, – just the way when, when Wall originally was called up, Keith had mentioned that, you know, we have confidence in Hutch Hutchinson and Eric Schalgren down with the Marlies um, and, and Wall too. It just so happened now in, in this week, Eric Schalgren suffers a concussion against Laval, so he's no longer an option. Hutchinson comes into that game and, and uh, doesn't hold the fort, the Marlies lose. So, you know, while there might have been a thought at some point, okay, Wall comes in, he plays this game against Buffalo, he goes in and wins, gets the experience, goes back. You know, we see now that he has stayed with the team, but uh, you know, I I don't I don't think there's any chance, even the way Jack Campbell's playing and and not getting overly taxed when he is playing, I'd be very I'd be shocked if he played both games this weekend. It's just not what the Leafs are doing with him, no. work management wise and workload wise and everything else. I mean, I I'd be talked into Wall Saturday. It would just make more sense. Well, yeah, it could because it gives it gives uh, it gives Jack that extra day. Um, do you want Wall going in against a feeling better about himself, Sidney Crosby, right now? I don't know about that. But well, again, <laughs> if they think he's here, if they think he's here and here to play, <laughs> then then do it. But you know, it's uh, and maybe he gets the home crowd. He probably does get the home crowd on the side. But um, you know, it would just be a, it would just be like another day for a, a rest, like a safer Campbell, because I think that you know. As Keith has said to us, he's just thinking about that next game and what you need to do to win that next game. And your best opportunity to win it is if Campbell's in town. Okay, Terry, let's talk individual players. When you go through the Leafs roster, um, who has, I don't want to say surprise, but made you pleasantly happy with how they have developed into their role? Well, you mentioned them earlier, Kerfoot, Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. The playoffs last last year we're seeing were, were not a mistake. For me, does he have to do this over a longer period of time to convince me that he could be a top six guy well into the spring and into the playoffs? Uh, I think so. But, you know, special teams, he's doing a good job in the PK gym. Um, again, there was there was some back and forth, perhaps more outside the organization of what he could really be to this team at that price. But, uh, you know, he, he's just um, uh, continued off where he, where he left off in the playoffs, continued on, sorry. 
And the other guy that I think has been really impressive too is, is William Nylander. I know that, you know, that the Chiefs had to get on him a bit, but I thought it was interesting this week when a practice Keith said to us, look, he's a guy that's that, that I've talked to a lot. And he says to me, I, I know I need to be pushed and prodded at times. And I want that in my, from you as the coaching staff. And, and uh, we've seen in his play that he's been all over it, um, you know, more or less since the season started and, and hasn't really let up, but uh Probably those two up front. Uh, I think Bunting's done what he was, uh, what they expected of him. Maybe he'd like a little more production, but he's come in and been that guy for them. The, the bit of a you know uh, thorn in the side. I liked what he did with Truba last night in the first goal to, to interfere a bit and, and get that traffic in front of uh, Shesterkin. And then on the blue line, I, I already talked about him, but uh, Lilligren was good to his word, coming in and saying, "I need to make something of myself here," and he's done that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with all that. I, I really like that Kerfoot has established himself as a top six guy because I, I think, quite frankly, that had to happen. Although, you know, he was he was fine on the third line and, and appears on it from time to time. But I, I like his versatility. If there's an injury, he's a key component. What I really like is the development of Kasha. I just think that uh, it's, it's great when you can have a guy in the third line who at times in a pinch could play on, on any one of the top lines and just a, he's an, he's an energy force out there. I mean, he, he brings a lot. He's almost pushing his, his role to, to get an expanded role. And I think you have to have that in your bottom six. Well, you do. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned him because he and Kent have agreed together and caution. Listen, if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to be an option for them on that top line. Yeah. I just think he will. You move him to the left, see what he can do, but he's just got, you know, what, Jimmy's got that, um, He's got the ro- robustness to him. Is robustness a word? I think it is. It is now. Okay. <laughs> for, this, for this particular minute, it is. Yeah. So he has that to him. And you know what else I like about him, too, is players who have the concussion history like he does, sometimes you'll see a bit of trepidation. Right. Because you don't know if that next one is it. Well, Kasha, we haven't seen that at all. No. There isn't no, any of that in the game at all. And he, he's been really effective, and he's becoming more effective and and as we've seen, you know, he's got that touch around the net. So, yeah, good, good. I'm glad you mentioned him because he did slip my mind there for a minute. But I like what he's done with camp and that line. And, and he, like I said, he keeps going. He's going to get a look with, uh, you know, somewhere in that top six, I think. Yeah, you know, quite frankly, moving forward, when Mikheyev comes back, you could easily do a rotation of Kasha and Mikheyev going back and forth from the third to the first line. Mm-hmm. So- oh, you could. And talk about guys who are going to be motivated. McCabe's in his contract year, hasn't played yet. Mira may not have wanted a trade last summer. That guy, I would think when he gets back from this thumb surgery, Jim, is going to uh, do all he can to be hitting the ground running and, and, and you know, prove to the Leafs or anybody else watching that uh, he's deserving of being a top six player. Well, and special teams too, right? The PK, how many times did he have those breakaways? Uh, you know, he's, he's a valuable guy. If some of those go in, that's a big sway. Oh, it's completely huge. Huge. And you kind of, we lost count, didn't we, with those opportunities? Oh, yeah, it was pretty well won a game at least. Yeah, yeah. But they're getting, but he's getting them though, right? So, yeah. Only something, something good is happening there. Just put the puck in the net. Now, let me ask you this uh, on the way out. Final thought. Uh, they've won 10 of their last 11, and there's just an inordinate number of those uh, one-goal or two-goal games, that, as I said off the top, that used to be the Maple Leafs kryptonite. They could never win that game, and now it's it's almost uh, how you would describe the team. Uh, and I don't have any problem with that. I think that's marvelous. Uh, but do you think uh, Matthews and Marner can start to light it up again, or is this the way this is going to go? Oh, no, I think this is a, a, a lull production wise that's gonna that's going to correct itself. I really do. 
market they're correction. Just, they're just too good. Yeah. Again, again, Jim, it's the whole thing of their their um they're not they're they're getting the opportunities, especially Matthews. You know, he's getting his shots. Uh you know, the other day I looked at it, I can't remember what his shots on average per game were it was above four, and he was in the top, I think, six or eight in the NHL. So the the opportunities are there. And uh, you know, do I think the Leafs are gonna start winning every game six or seven one? No. But um you know the way the defense is playing, it, it's just going to lead to more, more opportunity for them. And and I I, I don't know they'll, they'll get back on track here as far as putting the puck in. Yeah, just looking at the schedule, I have a feeling that somewhere maybe it's on the West Coast swing mm. where they could pile up some some totals because they, I mean that's the one thing they haven't done. Right, and you know, but some of those Western teams are playing well and surprising people, right? Yeah, uh, that, that that the game, especially in Anaheim, will not be automatic win night. We thought that maybe this year that might have been for a lot of teams going into Anaheim, but uh, it's gonna be an interesting trip, Jim. It starts with that with, with this. I know the Islanders have been going as well as they would like to, but they're they're always a tough out. You know, going to be in their new building Sunday night for the least to start that, and you know, th- this is it's it's good that you made that point. This is where it's going to get maybe a bit more interesting for the least because you know they play at home against Pittsburgh, they go out west. I think they come home for one against Colorado and then they're back out to Winnipeg, Minnesota again. So yeah. point of that is there's a lot of road games coming up yep. and uh, in some, uh, in some, in some places that are, are not overly um, uh, simple to come out of with a victory. So, uh, you know, get through Saturday. You'd like to think you can beat the Penguins uh, who, you know, aren't what they used to be. And uh, you know, go out on the road with that type of uh, confidence that you've already built. Well, and you know, when you win 10 of 11, that's a, that's a really good sample size to refer back to, especially when it comes after that, that, uh, what, four, four losses. It started with that 2-1 loss in overtime to the Rangers, and then the disintegrating games, uh, 5-3 to San Jose, 7-1 in Pittsburgh, 4-1 in Carolina. I mean, that, that was a bad spell, and look how they came out of that. That's, I mean, you couldn't come out of that any better. Well, if you'd said to me after the first period in Chicago, Jim, that we'd be talking about, 10 and 11 in the next month, I would have asked you to mix me a double of whatever you just had. Because yeah, that's, that's a triple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> throw, throw out the mix, just give me the bottle. Yeah, straight. Uh, it just, I just wouldn't have believed it, but here we are. And uh, again, they're doing it properly. They're not doing this by fluke. They're not looking at Campbell and say, saying, make 45 saves tonight, eight of which have to be spectacular. That's not what's happening. And that's got to be really encouraging in the room. I, I can one-up your uh, your memory. If, if I had said to you after the first period in Chicago, there would be no changes, you would have fallen off your chair. Yes, I would have. I would have, for sure. Because I think had they lost that night, we would have seen something in the next the next two days were off days. We would have seen something happen. I'm not yeah. sure what, but something would have been done. There was that, that was in the air, and, and yeah. uh, you know how many times have you have you heard the general manager say, "I was going to make that trade and I didn't," or "I was going to make this decision and I didn't because the team solved it for me," and 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 then you go on to bigger and better things. I mean th- that could be you know at the end of the season when we're talking about uh, whatever their their fate is, we could look back at that and say they were so close to going down the drain, and, and look what happened. Forty hockey minutes. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is, Jim. It really is. Really, and again, they didn't. After going down that night, they had to fight like hell to come back and win. Yeah, and here we are a month later, and you know, one, one, one bad game, one loss, and that's it. Last minute of play in this podcast. 
All right, Mike Ross, that means we are on a time allotment here, and it's not much. So let's play Yes Guy, No Guy. The Leafs now have their winning template. Oh, yes, guy, they do. They are stingy. They go up and down the wings. They take care of business. They close things off. They do to other teams what other teams used to do to them. So that's an emphatic yes, guy. Team chemistry, and I mean not the dressing room, not the party after the game. I'm talking about in-game team chemistry has never been better. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. Are you kidding me? These guys are, I mean, this is a good unit. They know exactly what to do. They're doing it. Fun to watch. Yes guy, no guy number three. Leafs fans' anxiety problems are over. Well, I'm going to say so far, guy. I mean, this this team does not worry you. You know that they're capable. You know that they can score more goals, but they're taking care of business. So I'm going to say so far, guy. Leafs fans have cured their anxiety problem. And the final yes guy, no guy to end off the proceedings today. When Mikheyev and Mrazek come back and everybody is healthy, this will push the Leafs to the top of the league. I'm going to say no guy. I don't think it's those two guys that pushed them to the top of the league. I think it's the team winning over the course of the whole season. Not time to anoint anything just yet. Enjoy. Do not anoint. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed Episode 6, Season 2 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for Episode 7.